How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal, and joining me to my right, well, not actually to my right, joining me from a undisclosed location, and uh, that's probably why our audio is not as good from the other end today. Uh, where are you exactly? <laughs> what are you talking from? about? Where, where exactly are you joining us from, Dad? I'm in beautiful downtown Orlando at the corporate offices of my employment. Wow. Just very... Uh, you're actually in a professional office, so uh, I'm in a ma- professional office in the conference room, hanging out, making sure that everyone can hear me through the walls. It's awesome. I think uh, it just shows the dedication uh, for our for this show and how we're uh, providing this content for our viewers. I think it uh, it really shows that. Always and forever, buddy. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Unlike last episode, we actually have news. Uh, stuff to talk about in sports. A lot of stuff going on in the NBA. We talked about how the NBA is kind of boring. This week, though, in the past week, a lot of headlines that have actually made us tune in and uh, pretty much follow some crazy stuff that's going around. How about the Knicks are winning games? How about an eight-game winning streak for the Knicks? I mean, that sounds like you're dreaming, doesn't it? No, it's awesome. I mean, that, first of all, the Knicks are in fourth place in the East. Oh, no, they're in fourth place. Fourth place. They're in fourth place, but... Before this season started, I mean, it just the odds for them to make the playoffs, everyone said, was like plus 1,200 for them to even make the playoffs. And now we're talking about them as Eastern contenders. You know, it's just crazy. If you would have told me the that, the Knicks would have gone, not only made the playoffs and gone on an eight-game win streak at some point during the season, I would have said that you're high. Dude, they're three and a half games behind Milwaukee. It's, They're going to host a playoff game if this continues. And over the last eight and not games— only, And not only host a playoff game— this team is, yeah, we can make jokes all we want about the Knicks. It is not a team that is like a joke. This is a team that can nope. go in and win a playoff game against one of these uh, lower-seeded East teams. Dude, all eight games that they have played, they have scored over 100 points. Most of them, they scored over 115. Like, this team is playing really well. And, oh, my God, man, Julius Randle is just – talk about a coming out and a resurrection. And then R.J. Barrett. But this team took off once Derrick Rose came in. Yeah. Like, how is that possible? I don't know. We, we all thought Derrick Rose was done. I thought he was too. But uh, not only are they on, on a hot streak, uh, how about Steph Curry and the Warriors? And just Steph Curry Why? in general. It, it, does he know how to shoot? He is unbelievable. He is just making it rain from three and carrying his Warriors on his back. And then uh, besides those two players, about everyone else is hurt. We got to talk about NBA injuries because I feel like every night someone goes down and just talk about why is this maybe occurring? Is this going to have a huge impact on the resting policy? Because we know the NBA have cracked down on that in uh, years past and especially in uh, this year, especially. And then what does that have to do with the playoffs? Like, are we just going to see teams just rest guys immediately for the playoffs, no matter if they're injured or not? Just the everlasting effects on kind of what this season has brung. Uh, and we we will discuss that. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. And then also our mock draft. We have to get our mock draft out there a week before the draft, a week from yesterday. And we will debut our one and only mock draft because it is stupid, in my opinion, to make more than one mock draft. Because when you're making a mock draft, you just you, you can't just backtrack. You you, you put no, your picks out you, there, and then listen. And my top ten are ready. My exactly. top t- are your top ten ready. My top ten are ready. Okay. All right. Well, we got a lot to discuss and do that mock draft. Let's run it. Pass is intercepted at the goal 
Let's start today's episode with our news from the week in sports. And I want to talk a lot about the NBA. We just teased a couple of things we were going to discuss. But just start off, one, with the NFL. We're going to get into our mock draft after our break for our last segment. But two um, kind of notable uh, retires this week. Basically, former teammates um, Alex Smith and Jordan Reed both retire. Uh, Jordan Reed played couple seasons uh probably more than we think six in the, uh yeah six seasons in washington uh six we say played six seasons he didn't play <laughs> a lot of games he was pretty well, much always injured well that's the problem i mean this is one of the premier tight end talents coming out of florida and he literally was going to be the man and he just and he, couldn't stay but healthy. it's not like he was gonna be the man and was a bust he was he when he played he was very very good like we're highly, talking top highly talents yes. ever at the tight end position and just never played close to a full season. Then went to the 49ers, actually had a decent year, again, was hurt a lot, and then yep. you know called it quits after this year. And then Alex Smith, obviously the uh, the incredible comeback story. Hats off to that dude. The fact that he ever, he ever stepped in and played another snap of football after that horrific injury is just incredible. Yep. Well, let's talk about Jordan Reed first, because I, I coming out of college, I mean, we were big Florida fans back then, and we, we were entranced by him. Like he was the Kyle Pitts. Basic was was he a, was he, he was a first round pick? He was a first round pick, I believe, or maybe a second. Uh, he um, was definitely. I don't player. know if tight ends he, were that coveted back then. Yeah, but at six two two forty, the way he you know got open, it was yeah. unbelievable. You know, so he was. He only made one Pro Bowl, and he was first team All Pro one year. But the problem was he never, like you said, he just didn't, he wasn't healthy. He didn't play a full season. Had a million ever. concussions. A million. You know, he was a Cowboys killer. I mean, when he was on the field, we couldn't cover him. No. You know, and he didn't even play in 2019 at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just, it's a shame because he could have had a tremendous career. I think he could have been one of the really, really greats. And uh, he just, unfortunately, just, you and know, he, the, he the injury bug constantly. He'll be remembered as one of those guys that were tremendous talent and never, He'll get thrown into the bag of the many players we could name that tremendous talent and never could uh, stay on the field. That's exactly right. And then Alex Smith, God, man, like you, you, you summed it up perfectly. The fact that this guy got back on a field after what thirteen surgeries—it looked like he was going to lose his leg. The, if you ever get a chance to watch the ESPN special about him, his recovery—I mean, this guy gave everything to come back. Yeah. And the fact that he played well when he came back, at least to, to show that you know I could get back on. Unbelievable. Like, I, I hats off to him. And then he, you know, people forget also his time when he was a very good quarterback, to say the least, on, uh, on San Fran. San Fran, yeah, uh, early in his career. He was very good. And then when he was on the Chiefs, he was pretty much equally as good. You know, getting into his older age, he was, you know, not the same player as he was, but got traded to the, uh, the Chiefs and was a very good quarterback. Led them to the playoffs mm-hmm. probably a number of times that he was there. And also was the, the guy who gave the ball off to now Patrick Mahomes <laughs> who sat behind him for a year and Patrick Mahomes says he learned a lot from him and uh, But isn't it amazing that just to show you how good Alex Smith was like they didn't even consider playing Patrick Mahomes no. when they had Smith that's that exactly they they were like he is sitting behind even though we we went uh we we took a risk on him to get him like we are sitting in behind Smith and you can just tell probably from Smith that he's a very good teacher and you know very good oh yeah he could be a great coach but yes listen to aj listen to this i think this is the this this is the stat that blew me away okay 
What do all these quarterbacks have in common? Cam Newton, Kurt Warner, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Phil Simms, Andy Dalton, Russell Wilson, Tony Romo, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jim Kelly. It's a, it's what, a lot of names. What do they all have in common? It's a lot of, it's a lot of names. They all played quarterback. That's they all, all played got. quarterback That's is correct, but that is not the point here. The point is Alex Smith has more career passing yards than any of them. Really? Is that incredible? That is incredible. I mean, I mean over a 15-year uh, career, which on and off with you know those injuries. I mean, there was 2008, he was out the whole year. 2019, he was out the whole year. This guy has more passing yards than every one of those quarterbacks, and six of those people are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Not that Alex Smith's a Hall of hey, Famer, but just, just unbelievable. He might just get into the Hall of Fame for being the most courageous and bravest <laughs> player ever. He might just get in for the Hall of Fame for that. I just but, thought it was amazing. He's 27th overall in career passing. One thing I think must happen is whatever the, you know, there's got to be an award for him, like, for, for comeback player of the Perseverance. year. Perseverance. No, no. Well, he already won comeback player of the year No, no, I'm saying comeback player of the year, of the year must, has to be renamed oh. after him. Yeah, well, he, he first, won comeback It should have been named after, yeah, I mean, should be the Alex a lot Smith of people. Award. But I, I agree. Let's call it the Alex Smith Award. That's what I, that's what I think they should do to commemorate. They're not gonna pull him in the Hall of Fame, which I don't, he's no, not gonna not. in the Hall of Fame. But no, I uh, I think that's the least you can do for him. Oh, I see you're a good person. But, but just wanted to uh, to mention those for our little NFL news because it's been a quiet NFL uh, week. Besides everybody, everybody's next week is, up for the draft. Next week we'll pick up a little bit, you know. Yep. But then for the uh, the the NBA, we talked uh, last week about how the NBA is just not that exciting as of now. We got injured players, more injured players now that we'll talk about. We had injured players. The top teams have no stars playing. And when you turn on ESPN, no one's playing. It's just the scrubs. It's, uh, you know, it, it's just not that, that enjoyable to watch. But now we yeah, have but the, some. The, the Lakers are getting AD back today. AD AD's coming back. Uh, James Harden could, could be back. Uh, but then you got KD injured for the Nets. Like, the, the, I think we just start off with the injuries right, right away. The injuries are getting ridiculous. You saw Trey Young go down the other uh, last uh, night. Uh, uh, hurts his ankle. You see Denny Abdia, uh, just completely the most one of the most ugliest injuries you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Just go down on his his ankle and his ankle broke and his shin broke. I mean, just terrible stuff there. Kevin Durant five minutes into a game the other day hurts his uh, his calf or his something in his lower leg. They're saying he could be done for the play until the playoffs. Like Dude, this it, is I mean, why this I is, don't think this is why I don't think Brooklyn is a guaranteed to do anything so, in the playoffs. But but is this like we have talked about in the past how NBA players get guaranteed contracts and it's not like the NFL and people in the NFL are like why don't we get fully guaranteed because the injuries are so much more and and it just happens so much more often you can't just guarantee a contract mm-hmm. in the NFL. And then in the NBA the narrative is well people don't get you know hurt. It's like once in a blue moon someone gets hurt. This is like this is ridiculous this year. Jamal Murray just went out with a with an ACL. Markel Fulton beginning with an ACL. Like this is every night someone's getting injured. Joel Embiid had to sit out a couple weeks and then he got hurt the uh, last night. Uh, I think he's actually going to be fine, but still was mm-hmm. down and like hurt. Like stars getting hurt. Uh, LeBron got hurt. He's probably done for the till the playoffs. And AD was out for months and now he's just coming back. Like this is not good for basketball, like we've said. And this is just. I mean, this is unlike a season we have ever seen before 
Yeah, and what what do you attribute it to? Is it the fact that they didn't have a real yeah. you is know, it the rush off season? season? Is it the is is it that? Yeah, or it are players just not taking care of themselves, or you know, or, is there a COVID effect, or is it the the resting policy where ne- they've they've kind of cracked down on the uh, the resting where where you can't just rest guys on back to backs without without an actual medical uh, like like on the medical sheet before the games and the in the injury report they actually have to have an injury i guess by a doctor or whatever and and certain players can rest but it can only be you can only rest your stars a certain amount of times a year so is is that a thing like the rest was actually it was actually helpful to teams is it that or is it simply like how many minutes are these starters playing you know like on philly you know, Simmons and Harris and Embiid, they, they all play 33, 34 minutes a game. Yeah, and, and right? it's, it's Use that, your damn bench. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the other thing. A lot of teams don't have a bench. And, and the, when you have all these stars, they don't really have a bench that they want to put their players out there. And then also the thing I noticed, I don't know if this is actually, um, if this is real or not. I know the, the, the season is 10 games shorter. But every time I'm looking at the scores and stuff, it just seems like there's so many more back-to-backs. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot more, oh, the Sixers are playing again tonight? Well, they just played last night. Oh, the, like, I feel like the Suns, I don't know if anyone else was like, I feel like when I go to check the NBA scores in the morning or the, ne- or the next day just to see who's playing, I feel like the Suns play every single night. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I just always see the Suns, and they're always on TNT. I, I don't know. I just feel like that. But I feel like there's a lot of more, I, I, there's a lot more uh, back-to-backs, and I think that's just because the it's it was a late start, and they're trying to get everything in, and and they're kind of shortening the season. But, well, it's funny uh, you say that because I just I just looked up the Sun schedule, yeah. and they literally haven't had a back-to-back in weeks. And, it's you know, all every yeah. other day. But so if, when you're playing every other day, your yeah. your brain you thinks you you're seeing a any, lot. Of them. You don't get any two days off, and yep. the two no days two days breaks. off. So mm-hmm. I just I don't know. It sucks because you're just seeing it. It's one thing if there's just like these role players going down, and that doesn't take anything away from yeah. You don't want to see anyone get injured, but when you're just seeing every top player's guy that's scoring thirty points a game, and they're just injured and they're done for a month, and it's just it just makes regular season basketball turn into regular season baseball where no one wants to watch. Yeah. So I think well, that the uh, the injuries luckily, are something that just sucks. Luckily for the NBA, they have Steph Curry playing. Yes, that is. That is the one thing that's just eyes are just drying. I mean, the dude is putting up. I I saw stats where the amount of three pointers he had just last week was more than I think it was six seven. or seven yeah. NBA teams combined. <laughs> like the Orlando Magic had had like twenty three three pointers in the whole week mm-hmm. of games, and he had like forty five. It was it was ridiculous <laughs> numbers. So I just want to go over. Uh, so he had a rough night last night, right? He finally, yeah, he finally became cooled human. Down yeah, he, he cooled down. He only had two three pointers and eighteen on. points. Okay, but let's talk about the last ten games. Ready for these numbers? Mm-hmm. Forty nine points, ten threes. Forty seven points, eleven threes. Thirty three points, four threes. Forty two points, eleven threes. Fifty three points, ten threes. Thirty eight points, eight threes. Thirty two points, five. Forty one points, five threes. Thirty seven points, three three threes. The so, guy so, is unreal. What, what the most incredible thing is when you see 40 points in the NBA, yeah, that's cool. And that's like, it, that's hard to do in the NBA. But it's not yeah. something that you've never seen before. Like James Harden, uh, two seasons ago, averaged like 40 points. Like you saw that every time. Yep. Kyrie can give you 40 points every night. Uh, LeBron, if he goes try hard and, and plays all 48 minutes, he'll give you 40 points. But to have 
10 three-pointers in a game. Do you know how four times four, four out of his last five games? Consistently four out of his last five. Do you know how difficult that is? In the well, NBA? since I watch you play basketball and I, <laughs> and I can barely see you make two three-pointers, do you know what's amazing? He's doing it in thirty to thirty-five minutes a game. So he's basically taking an entire quarter off and still putting these numbers up. What happens if he didn't come off the court? Yeah, I mean, Would he score seventy? He might. He, he could easily. He could easily if he took all the sh- like he. He's also not a selfish player. Like he gets nope. his assists. He gets. He's his got other six assists points. a game, right? So yeah. if he let's say he took all his shots and he took about twenty two threes a game, twenty five threes a game, he yeah. could easily make fifteen to seventeen on an incredible shooting night, and he could easily get into the seventies, I believe. But he's just not. <laughs> I, he doesn't play enough minutes, and he doesn't. He's not that tough. That's what makes him more impressive. He's not playing. 40 minutes a game to get these and, no. and chucking up a million shots. He's still shooting no. like 50% from three. Correct, which is unbelievable. And, I mean, if you look at this team, besides Andrew Wiggins, it's there's nobody on this team. You know, Wiseman and Oubre Jr. And, and, and honestly, then a, Wiggins, I've tried and tried to see this guy and just try to say, oh, Wiggins is still, like, people forget about Wiggins. He's not, he's not very, he's just not that good. He's a he's a role player that's that can sometimes give you a good shooting night. He's just not consistent. He doesn't play that much defense, and no, and he doesn't play any defense. But but he scores eighteen points a game. So I mean, right. he, he can, he's getting some production. He'll give you points if you know. But he's a if you look at the makeup, if you look up the makeup of this team and the fact that Golden State is a half a game out of the playoffs, that's you know, the yeah, mo- that's yeah. the most incredible part. And it's crazy because yeah. the whole conversation this week is always oh, the MVP is the end the MVP conversation. The yes. Answer is, the answer is no. The answer is no. He's not the in the MVP yes. conversation. Well, if, how was he not in the MVP if, conversation? Because I'll tell you this. If if the MVP award was actually the MVP and they gave it to the MVP, he'd win it no matter. He'd win it without there, – there's no other player. I mean, you could say Jokic. You could say uh, – you, you could say Jokic. You could say Embiid. But in terms of most valuable player, Steph Curry is the most valuable player right now. But they don't give it to the most valuable player. They give it to the best player on the best team. And right now when you see the Warriors, yeah, they're they're half a game out. And, and that's crazy because they have no one else. When the NBA sees is that they're a ninth seed team. And when you see yeah. the 76ers who are the one seed and the Nuggets who are playing good and the the Jazz who have the number one record, like those guys and the, the best well, I get guys. It. But he's definitely going to be in the conversation. Or sure, he should he can be in the conversation. conversation. He'll fin- he won't finish in the top five. Ooh, I, he'll finish in the top five. I don't think he's going to win it. I still think that if Embiid stays healthy and Philly ends up being the number one seed in the East, he's going to win the MVP. I, I'm, I'm just happy that he keeps cementing and building his way to who, what I already consider him as the best point guard to ever play the game. If not, if you're a, a, an old school and you think Magic is, and he, you, there's no denying the fact that he is inching so ever close. To, he's uh, the to best play. scorer the NBA has ever seen. Well, that was Shooting already established. Wise. That was, but that he's not the best point guard of all time. Come on, a point guard has to do everything, and there have been many players, John Stockton and Magic Johnson, and I mean players that have just revolutionized being a point guard. Steph Curry is a great shooter. He's basically a two guard who brings the ball up. Yeah, but if you see him handle the ball and uh, and dish it out, he, I think that you know, on nights that he's not shooting. Would, through, if, if you had to have the ball in your hands from a, a, a handles perspective, would you rather in Kyrie's hands or Steph Curry's hands? 
Well, I mean, that's a, that's a different story. You're talking about the, ah. the best ball handler of all time. And Okay, well, I'm saying this is all part of the equation, big guy. And, and Steph Curry's up there in the best ball handlers, but when you see Kyrie Irving, I mean, that's you're talking about the it's best. a whole different level. You're talking about one of the best, just pure, talking about pure scores and pure ball handlers of, that we've ever seen. And, and can we talk about the Knicks for a second? Because I, I'm still flabbergasted how they get Julius Randle, who literally was a... a it was dead to the well, that, NBA. That's the whole thing. I mean, it's it's been Curry and the Knicks. That is the discussion topics, and and the Knicks are have an eight game winning streak, like we said before. Uh, they've they've beaten quality teams in the East, moving all the way up from when they dropped out of the playoffs. I think last week, and they were on like a five game losing streak. Yep. Then working all their way up, and now they're in the in the uh, fourth seed in the East. But all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this to you. Your opinion. The the reason the Knicks are playing as well as they are is it Randall? Is it bringing in Derek Rose? Is it Tom Thibodeau? Is it the emergence of R.J. Barrett? What what is making the Knicks so good? Well, it's a it's a little bit of everything. I mean, Thibodeau is obviously going to be up for Coach of the Year, and mm-hmm. he might even if they if they finish in the four seed or higher. I mean, I would think he, he has would have to win. to win. I think he would have yeah. to win unless they give it to Snyder and the Jazz just because and, they're yeah. the best. But I think in the I keep bringing this up when you talk about a an odds. When your odds are plus twelve hundred to make the playoffs, <laughs> to be in the eighth seed in a in the Eastern Conference, which is so god awful, you know, all the yep. time that everyone says it's a weak, but to be the fourth seed, a top four seed in the East, when you're not even supposed to make the playoffs, and you're better than Boston agent, and Miami, and your free agent signing of Julius Randle uh, two years ago was laughed upon, and on Twitter yes. was was. And the Knicks just became a laughing stock that you gave all that money to Julius Randle when you were supposed to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that year, and they went to the Nets, and and you were just laughed at. So if I had to give one, one player, it's I mean it's got to be Julius Randle. I mean the dude is just putting out forty. He could give you forty points on that. He plays every minute of the game. He, he he's shooting three. He's playing good defense. He's uh he's just the leader of that team. But dude, he's you, missed one game. Yeah, one he's, game. He, he's been incredible and he's probably gonna win most improved player uh oh, of the year for sure and i mean the guy's averaging 37 minutes and 24 points and 11 rebounds and six assists yeah, the guy's having a phenomenal he's been season. incredible but when i watch the knicks i see i see the reason i think the reason why there are so much there's so much better this year is rj barrett i really think that people are really sleeping on this guy they are, mm-hmm. you know, all the Knicks fans were bummed. They didn't. They weren't bummed that they got him. They were bummed that they missed out on getting Zion because their lottery odds were terrible. <laughs> and they're all bummed. And then they drafted R.J. Barrett, and they're like, okay, we got the second best Duke player from that year. And they're all they were all pissed. And they're like, they didn't give this guy a shot. And I and he didn't and, have a great first. And, year and his first year, he was not very good. He was not good, no. and the team wasn't good at all. Now you get a playmaker and and and, and Randall that that really stepped up his uh, his game and is probably going to win Most Improved. Surrounded with a bunch of you, you get some shooters. Derek Rose, who's a experienced point guard, and R.J. Barrett looks ten times better than you ever imagined him to be in his second year. He's his yep. shooting stroke is so is is so so nice so nice. He is he's, he's so lanky. So much, yeah, he's so much more efficient. And the other thing is that Randall, uh, Randall, Barrett, all these guys, they play tremendous defense. That's why they're mm-hmm. probably the most the best defensive team. That's why they are the best defensive team in the league. And then you take their defense, and then what you said before, and the fact that they're scoring 115 points. If they score 110 points, and they're holding guys to under 105, 
they're gonna win a lot of games. They're gonna they're gonna compete with the Bucks and the and the Celtics and the Heat, whoever they play in, in the in the, you know, the first round. Like they're gonna compete with those guys. And I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna win. I'm, I'm, they could definitely win a, a first round uh, playoff series. But oh, for sure, definitely. they could beat Atlanta or Boston for right. sure. That, that's what I'm saying. So I think if it's one guy, I would. I mean, there's no disrespecting Randall. He's having an incredible season. But R.J. Barrett has really been the X factor, and the fact that they really needed him to grow from a sucky first year to a sophomore uh, showing progress, and he has done more than I think that they could uh, have imagined this season. How about the fact that they're twenty and ten at home? Like finally at Madison Square Garden, the, well, the Knicks stand, fans are finally watching a, a winning ovation. team. They got standing a standing ovation <laughs> from like the two thousand fans that were there. Uh, the way the the Magic are playing, I might have to think about going back to my old team. But that that's what I was saying. I said, you know, you were a, a Knicks fan back in the day. I was. Basketball wasn't the you know your. Of course, it was huge. Sport. What are you talking about? I grew up in the era where Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Charles Oakley. I mean, the Knicks right, were in the playoffs but, every year, and they lost every year to Jordan. Yeah, but I'm talking about – no, no, in terms of you, like basketball, when you were a huge Cowboy fan. You were a huge uh, Ranger fan, and then I, yep. the Knicks were like third, and, and you were a huge Mets fan. Like the Knicks were the – you weren't the biggest basketball fan. No, the Knicks were probably – were my least of those four right, for exactly. sure. exactly. So – but yeah, because I'm, I lived in Manhattan and it was convenient to go to a Knicks game, you know, and they were fun to watch, I, I was I'm, all in. I'm down to go back to the Knicks if you are. Um, well, I, I wouldn't be I'm going thinking back. about it. I unless Orlando back. turns things around. You I can't, I can't I deal with this anymore. Bandwagon. But I, I don't know. I don't, really, I don't really mess with the switching of teams. Um, how, how about we just do this, okay? How about we just bandwagon New York for the rest of the year? And we'll go back to Orlando next year. All right. That's fine with me. But, I, well, I already did kind of bandwagon the Nuggets. I did say that in the beginning. Of the well, year. you can have one in the West, one in the East. I got Phoenix right. in the West, so we're oh, good. Yeah, you did say that. All right, so yeah. we'll go with the Knicks. Dude, we got to We got to root for something, man. Obviously, I mean, <laughs> otherwise we might as well just turn off the TV. Well, we, I mean, we're rooting for something. We're rooting for the number one pick right now. Our magic. <laughs> they, they have been on a losing streak. They're doing very well in the tank. Oh, my God. AJ, really funny. I was screwing around on TV yesterday, and I was flipping through ESPN, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it comes up, Johnny Juzang, where will he go in the draft? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, come on, tell me he's going top three. And so the guy comes on, he goes, he's definitely going to be in the first round. I think he's moved up to the top 15. I'm like, you can't go top three for me? Come on, like, <laughs> give me something. He's like, all right, well, at someone, least for the top 15. Someone will take a flyer on him. <laughs> all right, well, that uh, that's all our NBA talk, just uh, – some cra- some unexpected stuff going on this week in the NBA after it was pretty dead for the most part in the last month. Uh, we got to get to right. our mock draft. Uh, mock draft. I'm calling it mock draft 1.0 and mock draft only .0 because we only <laughs> get one mock draft on the show. And that listen, is- who's the better GM, me or you? No, oh, I think it's me by far. Okay, well, I think it's shown to find me out. Uh, let's or take a quick break and then we'll debut our uh, our mock draft one week before the 2021 NFL draft. Back on the Sports Appeal, it is time to debut Mock Draft Only.0, and it's called Only.0 because we only do one mock draft on the show, because if you do multiple mock drafts, that is stupid. What's the point? Stupid. What's the point? So Have a we, conviction and right. stick with it. Come on. If you're, I mean, these guys get paid, Mel Kuyper, and all these guys get paid to do these a million mock drafts. I'm not getting paid, and when you're not getting paid, we're only doing one. We, you know, we, we were, we're going. Whoa, 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 whoa. You guns. said you would pay me for this list. No, I'm sorry. The bu- the budget <laughs> is just, it's just not cutting it right now. Well, that's, well, you got to get the advertisement revenue up, buddy. 
All right, call Anchor and tell them to pay me more money after that break, <laughs> after that advertisement you just heard. But uh, we have to. Uh, we're gonna give you our uh, our mock draft. Uh, we're doing our, our the top ten picks. We've kind of expressed how we feel about some of these uh, picks and where these guys should go. I am I am taking zero of my own personal beliefs. I am acting like I am the GM. I'm assuming you are too. The GM of all ten teams. I am not going. You know, we, I've said that 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 uh, uh, I believe a certain player is the best prospect in their position. That's not generally how I feel. Other teams will feel that they are the best draft prospect in their position. I'm gonna. So, go with so you're saying you took you you picked if you were the GM of that team, who would you pick based on the talent and the need of the team? A hundred percent. Right. Yes, because I uh, if I if okay. I'm if Good. I'm bringing my page. yeah if I'm bringing my own uh, uh, feelings into this, then you know, is it really a mock draft? Then I'm just going Correct. if I was the GM of these teams, you know. So we, I think yeah. we got to you know, keep it with that. I, real I put my GM hat for each of these teams. I was raring to go. All right. Well, uh, I, I think we started off. Do you, would you like to start off number one with your Jaguars on the clock? The Jaguars are on the clock, and as the GM of the Jaguars, I will select. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. I know. It's shocking. It's crazy. It's way out there. I I picked it out of the air. You know, I'm I'm, I'm just one of those crazy people. Quarterback from from Clemson, you said? Clemson, Clemson. yes. I believe he played at Clemson. He is the prototypical six foot six, athletic, can throw every throw, has proven in every clutch game to be clutch. He has won a national championship. He has been a starter since freshman year of high school. The pressure won't bother him. He gets to partner with Urban Meyer, who is a great coach for quarter, you know college quarterbacks. I, I this is a no brainer. Are are you are you confident enough to put down right now, uh, mm-hmm. early rookie of the year? Uh, yes. Lock. Lock. For offensive rookie of the year, yes. Yes. So you are willing to. He is going to throw for 30 touchdowns. 30 touchdowns? Wow. So you're going 30 touchdowns. I'm, I'm clipping that, and I'm keeping this. Um, I'm clip, keeping that clip it up, buddy. And see what, clip it up. And, and seeing what happens next uh, next season. All right, number yep. two, or we both had Trevor Lawrence. Uh, number two is the, another consensus uh, pick. Uh, Zach Wilson to the Jets, quarterback from BYU. I'm assuming you have the same. So I do, but I just want to put an asterisk. I I like Zach Wilson a lot. I don't think he's the second best quarterback out of this draft, but I do believe he's the best quarterback for the Jets. I think what he brings to the table and what the Jets are trying to do with his athleticism and his gun of an arm and his moxie and his leadership ability, I truly believe he's the, the right quarterback for New York. Um, I don't think he's the second best quarterback in this draft, but I totally believe the Jets will choose him. All right. Well, uh, those are the top two uh, consensus picks. We're assuming we know Trevor Lawrence. We're assuming Zach Wilson too. There's been rumblings and rumors that there could be a situation where where Fields like impresses them more than and Wilson's like too much of a risk. I don't believe any of that. Not like nothing credible that I've seen out there. Nope. Wilson's still gonna be the second pick. Uh, and then at three, yeah. it gets crazy. The 49ers, We have we have we can we can make our best guesses. We have no idea what they what they really want we can we can make our best guesses based on the draft odds uh from the sports books no, like we've been no, talking no, about no. put your gm hat on and tell but, me uh, who you would if pick i'm the gm i'm taking justin fields you're getting Ooh. tremendous value for who you know you're getting on most people's um on most people's boards or, or not most probably half the team's boards he's probably the second ranked quarterback 
uh, if not the third behind Zach Wilson. So I think that you're getting a guy that comes in and can start right away. If you if you were to take a, a, a Lance or a Wilson in that situation where you have Garoppolo, I think Wilson and Lance both probably sit behind Garoppolo. You're taking Fields that just came off a run of the, to the uh, national uh, the championship or the the college football playoffs. Uh, he's he started all those games. He's he put up tremendous numbers. If it wasn't for a couple uh, or a, a couple bad losses, he would have been up there with the Heisman with Mac Jones. And I think that you're 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 getting a your your future quarterback here. And for the 49ers, if you want to trade Garoppolo, like I said, he he fits right in there. He starts day one. If you don't, he can sit. I don't think it's necessary though. Like you have you have flexibility options there for for Fields, and you get your your future quarterback. That's why you traded up to number three. Yeah, so I'm I'm still flabbergasted by the fact that they gave up this much draft capital to get a quarterback. I, I will still until in, until I hear until I actually hear Mac Jones's name called, and, and I don't think I will, but I'm saying until I hear Mac Jones's name called as the 49er selection on on Thursday night, I will not give in to that rumor that they are settled on Mac Jones, which. Has kind of backtracked over the last couple weeks, but I do not think that that is an is at all entirely true. No, I, I look. I I still like I said. I'm just flabbergasted that they would do all this to get a quarterback to sit behind Garoppolo. But that's what I'm saying. Just, I think that Fields. Make they don't have to. I think they take Fields, ship off Garoppolo, and he starts day one. That's why I think. Well, I'd like to see Garoppolo shift off, uh, shipped off before the draft, so I would be really confident about well, this pick. We both but I'm said still, that, but and that why it makes no sense that they haven't done it already. Right. But we'll never know. Why. But but I'm going to stay with my gut, and my gut all along has been that the best person for their type of offense, for a Shanahan-led West Coast short dumping and and dink and dump kind of offense, is Mac Jones. I, I think he's the best quarterback for this team. And if I was San Fran and I'm investing in a long-term quarterback under that type of, you know, scheme, I- I'm I'm picking Jones. All right. Well, you have you have Jones. I'll talk about Jones a little later. Uh, spoiler alert: I don't have him going in my mock draft in the top ten, but I will make a comment after it's all said and done on why I don't. Okay. You're, that's ridiculous. I will make a comment. I will make. Okay. Uh, number four, the Falcons, another wild card. Uh, do they want a positional player? Are they going to, we've talked about, will they be the Cowboys of this year where they just continue to bolster the offense and just completely not even touch their defense that was terrible and horrific last year and even worse than the, our Cowboys? Um, or, or or will they try to get the future of their, their quarterback because Matt Ryan's in his, in his older days? I think they do go with um, the future at the quarterback position. I think they tri- they take Trey Lance. I think they go with the flyer. I think they that they see they see what they've had in Matt Ryan. Uh, they got a, they got a twenty eight to three lead in the Super Bowl, and that was that. And that's the closest they ever got to a, a ring. Uh, they they made it, the playoffs a couple times. And Matt Ryan, who has been a solid quarterback all the way around, has just never put them over the edge. And I think that they want a different type of quarterback going into the future. They've seen what Lamar Jackson has done. They've seen the new errors of of uh, Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. And they take Trey Lance, who will sit. This is a guy who is not coming in and Matt Ryan's getting traded or cut or whatever. Like, Matt Ryan's going to play next year. Trey Lance will sit behind him. God forbid an injury. will sit the whole year. And then in the next, either the year, in the next year, two years, he'll come in into that system, give you a dual threat quarterback. 
that I've said has the highest ceiling, but I believe has the lowest floor. So I think it's a risky pick, but I think that's what they do at, at number four, considering on the fact that I think there's just a lot of other players there. that They need defense, and there's not a defensive player that you can take on four. This is a also a trade-out kind of pick that I would... I, I definitely could see someone trying to scoop up to four, but at, mm-hmm. at four, I I didn't want to do trades in this one in, in this mock draft because the trades just get way too complicated because it's something that just it, when it happens, it's not really predictable. Right. So I think that they take Trey Lance at four, and that means four straight quarterbacks in the top four. Has that ever happened before? Four quarterbacks. I don't start the draft. Not that I remember, and I don't think it's going to happen here. So I I with you did not measure trades in in any of this yeah um and i don't think at 35 years old and still playing extremely well that they're that worried about matt ryan i I think he's got three more years to play at a decent level i don't think that they're enamored with trey lance that much that they're going to you know have pick look they need so many pieces on this team we 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 saw the packers trade up for for jordan love and that was for stupid. Jordan Love after their quarterback just made the the NFC championship. But yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. They could have definitely used a, a, a position player. And so does San Fran. I'm sorry. So does Atlanta. So I have Atlanta taking Kyle Pitts. You know, I think if you go back to the Atlanta heyday when you had Tony Gonzalez, you realize how important that that other offensive weapon is. They've got some of the best wide receivers on the planet in Ridley and Jones. You add a talent in the middle of Kyle Pitts, and this offense is going to be incredible. So I totally think they're going to take Pitts. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I think it's a waste of a pick. Uh, so I'm, I'm sticking with the tight end, who really is a six foot six wide receiver, and, and just being, I mean, he's basically going to be Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Well, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you on the uh, the prospect of, of Kyle Pitts. I think he's fantastic. I think he is up. He's going to be one of the greats. Uh, that's what his ceiling is for for being one of the best tight ends to ever come out of a draft ever. So I have him going next. I think the Bengals. Uh, they they've talked about getting a weapon for for uh, Joe Burrow. I think last year they took T Higgins. I think they have some good ones with Auden Tate. Um, out there for some other wide receivers, and it's such a deep wide receiver uh, class. I think, I think you can get some other guys, uh, some speedsters, maybe get a slot guy uh, later in the draft. But right now, they have an offensive line that's young. I know it needs probably upgrading, but I just don't see an offensive lineman this year. When they took Jonah Williams uh, two years ago, and he's starting to come back from from his injury, and they took their quarterback in Burrow. They have a running back. Their defense wasn't terrible, they, but again, oh, they can get the that in the they can get some some of that in the in the later parts of the rounds of, of the draft. I think here they go Kyle Pitts. I think that would be a tremendous pickup. You're talking about teams that literally don't have a tight end on their roster that is that should be a number one starter. Um, on the Bengals, I see the Bengals and the, and, the, and the Panthers as the two biggest ones. Like, do not have a tight end that should mm-hmm. be a starter. And I think Kyle Pitts, who, who it, both who both used to have good ones, right? You exactly. Know, Greg, Greg Olson and um, uh, Cincinnati, the guy that was out of Notre well, Dame. Well, they had that Tyler. Getting a they had Croft, Tyler Eifert. Yeah, yeah. Eifert. Eifert. Oh, Eifert. And, then, and then they had Croft, yeah. and they're both gone now. So, yeah. 
I think that if Pitts gets past the Falcons, which I think he will, I just don't see the Falcons going that crazy on offense, but but they could. And then if he gets past the Bengals, which I think the Bengals will swoop him up, I think then he goes to, you know, he drops all the way down the Panthers. So a team that needs a tight end. I see the the the, the Falcons, they just got Hayden Hurst and they and they and Hayden Hurst was very good and then you're going to draft another tight end and then play him yeah, at why not? behind because, there and then well, because if you want to play him in the Pitt, slot, you already have four wide receivers. I think it's a, it, it it gets to a point where it's way too much. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I think I don't, that they pass him up. I think that the Bengals would not pass him up at five. Okay. So I totally disagree because I think the Bengals, I know I, I agree with you on the Bengals getting a offensive player. And I agree with you. It won't be one of the linemen just because I don't think either lineman, you know, should be picked sixth or fifth. I, I, I don't see how you could pass on Jamar Chase here. Uh, how do you not reunite Burrow and Chase with the familiarity they have, with the tremendous success they had, with one of the greatest seasons that we've ever seen in college football? How would you not want to put those two back together again? I, 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 would, I would have to believe that if Jamar Chase is sitting at number five, that Cincinnati will make the pick in 11.3 seconds. Just enough time to write his name on the piece of paper and give it to the commissioner. All right. Well, I, I think know, it's a match made in heaven. I, I I wanted to go. I really wanted to go with Jamar Trace because I think that that's that Joe Burrow, like in the draft room, who do we want? And he's definitely going to be, he's definitely going to be, you know. Absolutely. For that. I just see, we, talk, we talked about Pitts and I know you already had him go, but if he's there on the board at five and you're talking about generational talent at tight end and when he had Thaddeus Moss, you saw how good he was with a tight end at LSU and, you know Thaddeus Moss never really made it to the NFL, and yep. but he was very good in college, and you know he was he had that really good connection, and now you're gonna match him up with, and, and we're talking about and we're talking about Joe Burrow that's been knacked for not having the best arm talent. He's very accurate, but but deep ball is not the best. Doesn't have the strongest arm, and now you're gonna take a tight end that can run those short routes in the medium routes. Like I think I think they wouldn't pass up Pitts, but uh, right. but you have them taking Jamar Chase, who I we're just. A step, you know, you're a step above me in, in the in the draft. <laughs> I think uh, the Dolphins take take Jamar Chase. Um, I think the Dolphins are in a, a tough position where it's another trade down candidate. I think the Falcons mm-hmm. at number four are a trade down candidate. I think the Dolphins at number six are a trade down candidate, and I think the Broncos at number nine are a trade down candidate. I think that's three mm-hmm. team three teams that are going to want to trade out because there's just nothing there that the value that they have of a top ten draft pick that they would really want to pick, and some team. This is what I wanted to get to with Mac Jones. Some team, quote unquote, the Vikings, the Patriots, mm-hmm. uh, the the Steelers, some team up there that that either barely missed the playoff and they're in the in the ten to fifteens or the twenties is going to try to move up into this uh, into this top ten, give up their first round pick next year, and go get Mac Jones. I I see Mac Jones falling past number four, and once you get out of number the top four, there's not a team left in the top 10 that's going to pick a quarterback that's i just don't nope. think and, they, and then people say the panthers would pick i they're not going to pick a quarterback at number eight so i think nope. those three teams that i just mentioned and keep i think the vikings are a wild card this year kirk cousins i think is on the last year of his deal uh and just has been pretty average so if you're gonna get mac jones who i mean pretty i think you compare him to to Kirk Cousins, I think you have compared him to Kirk Cousins a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think they can move up and potentially get Mac Jones. That's why I don't have him going in the top ten because I don't after top the top four, who I have four quarterbacks that are not named Mac Jones. I just couldn't slot him into a top 
to a five through ten. Although I do think there is a high percentage chance she does go in the top ten if we had a trade going because I think it's one of those teams moves in uh, to get. Yeah, in. I, I think it's. I think you can bet serious money that all five can all five quarterbacks will go in the top nine picks. But the Dolphins, I have taking uh, Jamar Chase. I I really like the fit. The the Dolphins right now they have a stellar defense and there's no defensive prospect that you're going to pick at six. That you know we've talked okay. about how immensely offensive top heavy that this draft is, and Jamar Chase is the you know is the best wide receiver on every person's board you know not my specific board but i think the dolphins would have jamar chase on number one as number one and if pitts goes i think they take jamar chase bolster up their their weapons for tua uh there's no other real choice you can pick you took two tackles last year in the draft you're gonna pick another one in sewell or slater and just give no, up on that tackle already i think you, take you are absolutely one. right you're, you're absolutely right that Miami's taking a wide receiver. But in my world, Jamar Chase is already off the board. So, again, I'm going with the matching of who you feel most comfortable with. And I'm putting Devontae Smith in this in this spot. I think Tua needs weapons. Tua needs comfort. Tua needs somebody he trusts. And, and why wouldn't you play with in college? Yeah. Why wouldn't you put the most prolific uh, wide receiver, you know, in the history of college football back with the guy who basically threw him the ball for two years? Yeah. I, I like it, that it, pick. To me, it doesn't make any. It doesn't make sense not to. Yeah, I, I like that pick. And you know what's crazy is I think Devonte Smith, the best wide receiver, and will be the best wide receiver coming out. I don't think he goes in the top ten. I really don't. The way that this has fallen for me, I don't think he goes in the top ten. I think he'd be awesome for the Dolphins. Well, I don't think. That well, then, be. then you better fear the fact that we're going to see him twice a year when he plays uh, for Philly. Don't, don't repeat it. I don't want to see. Yo, that's why I haven't no, gone Miami. No, but, I mean, <laughs> hey, the rumors are. Hey, I forgot to mention Philly. I said the I said the Steelers, the Vikings, and the Patriots. Philly right now is a mess for some reason. They don't like uh, Jalen Hurts, and now there is rumors that they could could move up to take a quarterback or take a quarterback that falls to them. I don't understand I don't, why they would do that. I would love well, for them to take a quarterback. That would why, be why would awesome. you do that when you when you also just got Joe Flacco in. You know the free agency. I mean, you have. They. they no, I they don't see. Do I don't. I don't see like, them getting a quarterback. They do not like Jalen Hurts for whatever it is. The only person that liked him was Who Doug says Peterson, that? because they have never once came out and said this is our quarterback. This is our what, because, quarterback. Because Nick Sirianni says I want open competition. I want everyone to feel. Who else is on that's the team? That's crass. That's just new. That's who else new. Is on the team? That's new coach talk. Flacco. Who so else is on I, the look, team that's I don't good? see who else is on the team that's good. Okay. Joe Flacco is not competing for the. I'm just saying, Flacco. Flacco didn't go there just to get a paycheck. He went there to try to compete for the the, the be the number one guy. I, I'm, I would love. All that. I'm saying two is two easy wins and the, two free wins in our division with Joe Flacco starting. Yeah, that would be me. fantastic. Me too. But I'm telling you, that team has so many needs. There is no chance they are taking a quarterback after the top five are already I'm gone. I'm just saying what I'm what I'm hearing. That's nope. What, that's what I'm saying. So at so nope. at six, you have the Dolphins take, taking uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, seven, the Lions. I think the Lions could go a number of ways. There are rumors of them taking quarterback, but there's rumors of every team taking a quarterback. That's just not going to happen. They didn't just trade for Goff to just take a quarterback at seven. They have so many. Talk about a team that has so many holes to fill. I think they take uh, Jalen Waddle here. I think Speedster that they need that they're missing. Lost Galladay. He comes in is not the big, the huge wide receiver that Galladay was, the huge physical guy, but now you're getting a speed uh, a speed demon at Jalen Waddle you could put on the outside, and that's a new weapon for Jared Goff. 
Yeah, I, I don't hate that pick at all. I, I considered Waddle. I considered Fields. You know, but like I agree with you, the Goff thing just seems like why wouldn't you give Goff a chance? Yeah. I think they're going to take Mika Parsons. Wow. That defense is absolutely horrific, and it, it they would be need. I've, I've said how I don't, I don't love. I, I still think Mika Parsons is great. I don't love him as a top, but def- like a the best defensive prospect. But on the Lions, it would be a very big exception. For it's me what they because, need because that is it fills such a big need as as a linebacker. They just sure, I mean. Akuda should be better this year, healthy, right? They've got decent secondary. They have a couple of decent pass rushers. They have no linebackers. No, and they haven't right? had a How linebacker do you, in, in years. Right. How do you not get a field general with his size, speed, and athleticism that can then, you, you know, lead the youth movement? So I think it's a perfect fit for them. I if they don't take Justin Fields, if because I think he'll be available, you know, or if he does drop to seven, um, and take him, I, I think they go with Parsons. Well, I don't think Parsons goes that high. I, there's a reason. He, I think he's just not been talked about is because there's you, just— You need to stop with the COVID. Off. I no, took no, no, a year no. off. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that there's not, he's not been talked about because of just the, the teams in the top 10 are just not going to spend that high on the linebacker. Great fit for the Lions. I think the Lions would have to trade back to really consider that pick because I just don't think seven overall you're well, going to take and, an off-ball and, linebacker. Like we said, you know, we're not we're not considering trades, but that certainly is a possibility because is, I'm yeah. sure if Fields is sitting there, New England would love to trade up. I agree. All right, so at the uh, the lines you have them taking Parsons, I got Waddle at eight. Uh, a a a pick that I haven't seen. I don't think in any mock draft. I have the Panthers okay. taking uh, Panay Sewell. The, uh, oh, so do I. Wow, really? We have one. We're we not have two even, the, three the same. We're not even sitting together. We can't even talk nope. about this. We're, we're doing this from our uh, our remote areas. I have Panay Sewell going to the Panthers. I think at oh this God, position, 20. the wide receivers are gone. They don't need a wide receiver anyway. I mean, you wouldn't even nope. pick one. Well, they got to replace have, Curtis Samuel, but I mean, they could do that in that the second and third round easily. Right. You have, uh, yeah, they, they have Robbie Anderson and uh, DJ Moore. You don't need a wide receiver. Right. I think you have you yeah, have McCaffrey got, and, and Mike just, Smith. Correct. You have you have that. You just took Sam Darnold. And what was the yep. biggest thing in Sam Darnold? There was two big things that why people said he was such a bust at the, at the Jets. One was coaching, but that was just the you know coaching is coaching. Right. And two, he had a horrific line. Two was a horrific line. Well, well, two was and he had no and he had no was, talent. Two to throw was him. no weapons, and three was no <laughs> offensive line. Now he has right. the weapons. What's the one thing that Carolina was not that great at? They didn't really block for Teddy Bridgewater. So yep. I think they went out and got a tackle in in uh, in free yep. agency, but now Sewell can play guard and then move to tackle another year. Like he can play every position on the line. But if you want your future All Star and Pro Bowl left tackle, uh, you take Panay Sewell here, and he'll be what Makai Becton was for for Darnold last year, which Becton was very good on the left side. I didn't have anything else on the other side or or at you know, I've been- on the left side. I've been looking a lot at Sewell and watching some tape and stuff like that. Do you know who he reminds me of? He, he reminds me of uh, Lyle Collins on the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, just, just big plays on athletic. The other side and, and his, yeah, big athletic his body who could start at guard, move, move his way to tackle in a year or two, but he's got tremendous potential and he just needs some good coaching. But absolutely, they have to keep Sam Darnold upright um, because the weapons are all around him now. They could, they could go. I mean, they could go Micah Parsons too. He'd probably be a good fit, like yep. we said. It was the other guy. I, yeah, if Detroit doesn't take Parsons, that, that's another person who's going to be in play because they have got to replace Luke Keekley's. Right. That was. They have never replaced Keekley. 
Uh, but again, or, or the I, other guy, uh, Thomas Davis. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I think those are good fits for trade down targets because I just don't see how you spend a top ten pick on an on an off ball linebacker that I just don't. Teams don't usually do that. again. You're calling him an off ball linebacker. He could play any of the three linebacker right, positions. He can, but I mean, he, that's what he plays. He could play any of the three. And and a team might take that chance. I don't see it happening, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos, I have a crazy one here. Um, I think okay. a guy that sneaks up. There's always a, su- a surprise guy that sneaks mm-hmm. up. I remember years ago, uh, it was Leighton Vander Esch on the Cowboys. We had no idea who he was. We didn't have any idea who he was. Did you have any idea who he was as oh. a player? No, I had no oh. idea. I'd never heard the name. When that got announced... I looked at you and I said, what did we just do? Then I watched the tape of him playing eight-man football. Then I watched his rookie year, and he was very good. I think this is the next one. I think the Broncos take a flyer and take Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo, the edge out of Notre Dame. I think Von Miller, they they took a while to accept his his option uh, Mm. this year. I think they need a guy to replace him. I think that, that I think this is that guy. I think he reminds me a lot of Von Miller in his prime, uh, a extreme fast uh, edge rusher and pass rusher off the line from Notre Dame. I think that it's a great pick uh, for them because I think that they they had a good free agency. They had and they had they they drafted all offense last year uh, in the, in the draft. They went defense and free agency. Now you have Drew Locke, who's you're given. They've already said one more year. I don't see them that they would take a quarterback if there was one available. You say one more year for Drew Locke. We improved the defense. You have the offense from last year that was a lot of rookies. Now you have your second year, and, and let's 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 improve that edge rush and get a, a Von Miller replacement. Wow, that is out there. I will give you that. You so you think that hey, you have not picked Mika Parsons at all in any of this draft. You think no, he would go before the Notre Dame edge rusher? I think he would, or before, or vice versa. Yes. Wow. See, I I haven't had Justin Fields selected yet, and this is where I think he's going. Like I do think they're going to take a quarterback, one of the top. I five just don't. Here. I, when you talk about like the Broncos and and just the fact that Drew Locke has been so up and down through the last couple of seasons, and they haven't moved on yet, it just shows me that they're like, well, let's ride this out. Like like let's not start. No, over I think they're. Have a, I think they're improved. fine. Have I think they're fine having an open competition. I think they'd be fine if Drew Locke was the backup if they had someone better to put out there. Like you said, their offense can be potent. They've got weapons everywhere. Noah Font is going to be legendary. You know, Cortland Sutton will be healthy this year. Yeah, all of them, obviously. Cortland Sutton, if he comes back healthy, you know, they had some great wide receivers. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. I mean, we talked about the wide receivers and we didn't even mention. Yeah, Jerry Judy and and yeah, we talked about uh, Judy and and uh, our guy last year. I'm blanking on his name, but what was the me too? Tim Tim Patrick that was very good last year. Yeah, so you have weapons all around. Melvin Gordon still. Like, this team is loaded on offense. If they could get a solid quarterback, their defense is good enough. They shored up the secondary. They re-signed their safety. You know, so I I don't know. I think this is definitely going to be where Justin Fields lands. Or if Justin Fields is already gone, then Trey Lance will land here. Like, I think one of those two guys lands in Denver. All right. Well, uh, that that's just my flyer. I had to put one flyer in there. There always is a flyer. And I think it's Fly a away, player. buddy. I think Fly he's a good away. player. Okay, fly, fly away. And finally, our ten at ten, our Dallas Cowboys. That our not Dallas screw up. Cowboys. Because is there any scenario in the world that Mister Patrick Sertain is not at ten? Not not if the Cowboys are going to pick him. Is there any scenario where he's not there at all? 
there's no scenario where he won't be on the board. That's what I'm saying. There is a scenario where the Cowboys will trade down. Just because the next five picks after them mm-hmm. will likely, if at best, one team, maybe the Eagles, will take a corner. But no, two, the top two guys will right. not be on the, the board. The next so ones they would get be, a ton. The next ones would be the if, Giants. They're not taking a corner. Yep. Uh, nope. The Eagles. I think they have. I, I think they. Wait, they like might. Said, they could, but they have so many. They might. They have so many other holes. Uh, the Chargers could, but again, talk about not really. Um, Probably not. Holes. The Vikings definitely would take him. I think in a heartbeat. I, they got Patrick Peterson, but a long-term guy to go next to him. They didn't have any corners last year. So I think honestly. It depends where you're trading down to. If you trade past the Vikings, I think the Vikings would swoop him up. But yeah, so I I think honestly, that there's some I'm, I chance, am, but I don't think I, I my my heart of heart says that they are going to lock in Patrick Sertain on this pick. I I mean, be, if you can have Sertain on one side and um, oh my God, now I'm blanking. Trayvon Diggs yeah. on the other side with the upgrade in safeties that we've had, while you're still keeping Jordan Lewis as your slot guy. You have now positioned yourself in the second round to go get a defensive tackle, an edge rusher, a linebacker, another safety. Like you have positioned yourself in the first three. We have four picks in the first ninety-nine. If you don't, they should all be used on defense. (laughs) If you don't, unless they're here's here's the thing for me. If you don't pick a corner here, you're not getting a good quarter in in the in the the later round. Like like this is a. This is a this is something where you, there's always going to be linebackers. There's always going to be edge rushers. There's always safeties always go later in, in the draft. There's always yeah. going to be a defensive tackle like you took Tristan Hill in the second round uh, uh, two years ago. Like AJ, there's only three shutdown corners in this draft, and one you, has had two back surgeries. If you so don't it's really take, two. Right. If you don't take Sertain, and if they took J.C. Horn because they valued him more, I'm gonna I'd be fine with it. it. I live with it yep. because. If if that I'm gonna trust my team and what they've done their research on, but if you don't take Patrick Sertain, if he is on the board at number ten, I will be so freaking pissed because they're yep. gonna take. I already can tell they're gonna take some stupid offensive tackle in Slater or Sewell if he drops, or 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 some. They're just gonna do something stupid and take Micah Parsons. I will lose my freaking mind if they do any of those three things. If Patrick Sertain's on the board, if he's not on the board and he gets taken by. The, like the Panthers at number eight, and, and they go crazy, and they and, and nothing yep. that's not expected. It is what it is. You then you take JC Horn, and, and, you you and you're just as right. Happy. You take Horn, or you know if you don't want to take Horn because he's you really wanted certain and you take the tackle, then it is what it is because he just wasn't there. But if you if you're telling me that they have the ability and it's up to them to take certain at ten and they don't, I'll lose my mind. Okay, let me just throw one crazy scenario at you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say in some crazy, weird world, Sertain and Horn are off the board. Would you take Caleb Farley, the third guy? No. Micah not Parsons, after the back surgeries. Before, before Christian the back Barrymore. surgeries, I would. Would you take Barrymore? Barrymore is so hard because Barrymore is so good. But at number 10, it's the same thing with Parsons. Like, you're going to take a defensive tackle at number 10? Like, that's just you take so need. high up. You take need. But then what are our biggest needs? But then here's the other thing. The other mm-hmm. thing is is the trade back scenario. If you know, assuming if they were just like we don't want a player here, we're trading back and acquiring more assets. Are you trading we, back into the twenties where that almost guarantees you a future first round pick from one of those teams? Like you're getting their first round pick next year. Is that something you want to do? I don't know because you're trying to build your up for a Super Bowl. I think that's what Jerry Jones wants to do. Are you really that worried about getting another first round pick next year? 
I don't know. What what no. is what yeah. is that, Brandon? Actually, my, my, my problem right now is we have ten picks. That that's right. the other thing. Do you need to trade down and make more assets? Really I would think don't. about I would think about this. Taking your guy at ten, and then in the later rounds, you can start trading up in in, in rounds and giving up your right. your fourth and your fifths and your sixth round picks and moving up in the third and the second and third round to get guys. Like you should be Correct. using your assets for that. We're not a team that that needs to keep we don't do we really need 10 rookies no. i don't think so no, we need we one corner a safety a defensive tackle and a and a, and a linebacker like, we need we need end. we need like seven rookies and a tight end yeah. a good blocking you know like somebody to take that blake bell position you know, yeah we just lost i agree we need another tight end because we also don't know what we're getting in, in blake jarwin coming up but a, but a tight end in round six Round five. No, no, no. Or, listen, I'd be very happy with the guy from Boston College in round four or five. You know, I mean, that's right. fine. I, I just, I can't imagine us trading out of the position. I think this is a was a lost season. We hopefully will never be in the top ten again. You know, in our lifetime, and go out and get the best player who is going to make a dramatic impact on week one, and that's going to be a shutdown corner. I just pray because I just we 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 rarely. We've, we've screwed up one draft in the past decade, and that was the Taco Charlton draft, which was a bad draft. The rest of the time, you look at the Cowboys draft, they've been spot on. They've drafted player after player. I, I believe in this team that they will draft Sertain. I really do. I think you're talking about Jerry Jones knows what he needs, and I think that that, that is Sertain in and, and a corner at the least at number two. Well, we only have one more week of prayer. And then we'll be able to see for ourselves. We might have to get, we might have to either get Griff on or, or somebody else on talk draft next week and just get some outsider opinions because we know our opinions. But what is, what are some other creators and, and some sports uh, minds thinking for the draft? I love it. Let's do it. All right. Well, that is our, that's our mock draft. Uh, only point oh, what did I call it? Only point oh, uh, I don't know what I called it. I forgot. But that <laughs> well, is, and it's, just before, before we leave, little shout out. My daughter, happy, happy birthday, Chase. Their birthday's this Sunday. So I just wanted a little shout out for my uh, my little one. And, yeah. uh, and it should be a great weekend, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Happy birthday to the sis. But yeah. that is, that's mock draft. Um, I don't even know what I called it. I'm just going to, this Thank episode is over and we will see you on <laughs> Tuesday. Sounds good. That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you share the podcast with your friends and your family if you enjoyed Follow me on all socials, on especially on TikTok. I'm posting daily sports content as well as answering all your fantasy football questions. If you leave me a comment on any of my videos, I'll make a video responding to it. Uh, get me to a thousand followers. We're almost there by football season. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at the Sports Appeal Podcast. My TikTok handle is Sports Appeal AJ. My Instagram is the Sports Appeal Podcast. Follow me on all those. You can also listen to any other episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just search up The Sports Appeal. Also, you can go to my homepage, anchor.fm slash AJ-Teal to get to all the external links 